challenging Arkansas's election maps are working their way through the federal courts. In this weekend's editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Doug Thompson will take a deep dive into what those suits allege, who th how they're being defended, and what it might mean during this and future election cycles. We're going to talk about the that today on the Know the News podcast. Hello, I'm your host. I'm Rusty Turner. I'm the editor of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. We'll review some of the other great stories we have coming your way this weekend, but first we're going to talk about these election map lawsuits with our political reporter, Doug Thompson. Welcome, Doug. Thank you. So, Doug, let's, uh, the, there are four different lawsuits, so let's, let's start by just uh, detailing each one, talk about, talk about each one individually, and then we'll break them down. Sounds so. like a plan. All right. Uh, there's two lawsuits against the congressional districts that the legislature redrew. Uh, Jackie Simpson versus Governor Hutchinson and Deborah Sutler versus uh, the Secretary of State, Mr. Thurston. Both of those make similar arguments. Both of them, uh, their main complaint is cutting about 23,000 people out of Pulaski County and then dividing those further into, I'm not out of Pulaski County, out of the 2nd Congressional District. Mm -hmm. And putting and then splitting them again and giving half of them to one district and, and, and half to another. Uh, they're predominantly black with some Hispanic. And uh, they say it's pretty much that it's targeted, that it, the obvious purpose was to get them out of the second and dilute them. Was to dilute the, the black vote in the second the group. The, the allegation is that the, the lines were drawn to dilute the black vote in the second congressional district. Exactly, and that's yeah. the allegation made in both those cases. Both of them are in, are, are in uh, federal court. The other one is the state NAACP versus the state abortion, apportionment board, and that is about legislative redistricting. Um, Arkansas's black population is about 16.5% of the whole, and uh, yet they only have a majority of black voters in, a, in 11 House districts. Uh, the NAACP is and represented by the ACLU is, uh, is arguing, look, you could easily draw 16 uh, house districts in which black voters predominate or at least have a fighting chance of uh, being the of deciding who the representative would be and they include a map. Uh, none of those are, are in northwest Arkansas by the way. And and the magic number 16 is you know black voter black population represents 16 percent of Arkansas's population. There are 100 house Exactly. State House seats in Arkansas, so 16 would be roughly equivalent to that 16%. Yeah, right now, it's, I believe it's 11, only 11. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, we're talking about a serious gain here. Yeah. If they make it. Not a majority, of course, far short of it, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's a gain here. The last one has actually been going on for two years, and the trial uh, just uh, recently concluded, and it involves. The state, uh, the state Supreme Court and the State Court of Appeals. Uh, all justices of the Supreme Court are elected statewide, and once again the argument is that dilutes the, the black vote and that they could make at least one, if they divide the state into seven districts, they could make at least one predominantly black. And that is... Um, in the Supreme Court case, the Court of Appeals 
has got some districts. Um, I believe there are seven court of appeals districts in the state. It, it's a odd sort of thing. Yes, there are. So you are right. There's seven districts, but two of those districts, or I'm sorry, the, uh, several of those districts, five of them, can elect two members, and they're all staggered. They all serve eight-year terms, but you know they're they're all split up so that they are elected in various staggered terms and such as that. And again, the argument is that the way it's all set up, especially with multi-member districts, makes it difficult for a black candidate to get elected. Okay. That's the, that's the description of each. And, and that particular, the, the one over the Supreme Court and Court of Appeals districts in Arkansas, uh, that's the one the trial just concluded, but the decision has not been rendered by the judge, correct? That is correct. All right. That is correct. All right. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about these, these cases individually. Um, one of them uh, has got some pretty wide-ranging implications based on where it is in the, in the process. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, about the case that, uh, uh, that, that, that's got the controversial uh, dismissal in it from Judge Rudofsky, Lee Rudofsky in, uh, uh, in the Eastern District of Arkansas. That is the case of the NAACP versus the Apportionment Board. That's the one where they're saying, look, there ought to be 16 majority-minority districts. The judge dismissed the case. Now, he dis dismissed the case without prejudice, meaning it can be rented. Well, let me not wander off into the weeds. Yeah. Uh, he dismissed the case, he said, because the only person that can bring such a suit is the Attorney General of the United States. He made this ruling despite the fact that the representative of the, uh, of the Justice Department and the, or the Attorney General in his judicial district wrote them a letter where he frank, quite frankly said, look, the federal government, the Justice Department, the Attorney General of the United States simply does not have the staff to be the lawyer for everybody who's got an election complaint anywhere, and said that in no uncertain terms. Said that the Voting Rights Act, which is what's a dispute in all these cases, that the Voting Rights Act has always allowed private people to bring a case. And, and in fact, dozens and dozens of, of, of Voting Rights Act suits Mm -hmm. have been brought by plaintiffs other than the attorney general and mm -hmm. they've been and, and they've been resolved either for or against the plaintiffs but but dozens and dozens have been have been prosecuted uh, or litigated I should say litigated yeah I should say over the over the the 50 60 years or so since the voting rights since act 1965 yeah the US Supreme Court has heard cases brought by private now okay so what's what's why is this important Okay, here's, here's two reasons why it's important. First of all, as we discussed, uh, if you have a serious, what you believe to be a serious voting rights violation, and if it only can only go through the Attorney General's office, I mean, you'll look, I mean, you know, take a number if they even get to your case and considering it important. The other thing is that now that he's issued that ruling, and the plaintiffs have, of course, appealed it to the Eighth Circuit. Assume for the sake of argument that the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals in St. Louis upholds 
this ruling, then that becomes the law in the Eighth Circuit, which stretches from the Canadian border, you know, North Dakota and Minnesota, all the way down through the state of Arkansas. All those states, that's going to be the law of the land in that, in that area. Um, yeah, it's got, of all these cases, this is probably the one to watch. Um, so, and let's talk about, let, let's, you know, for those who, 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 <laughs> who don't follow the play-by-play in the federal courts, uh, let, let's talk about where we are. Judge Rudofsky made oh, his, uh, made his, uh, made his ruling, dismissed the, uh, the, the case, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it has been appealed. So where that appeal now goes to the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, where, it'll, where it'll be heard and, and perhaps overturned, perhaps sustained, we don't know. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about how that process works. Well, then that raises the important thing that I should have mentioned earlier, which is this. That process isn't going to work itself through, and certainly not in time for the primaries and the, and the, and the nonpartisan judicial races, which are going to be voted on on, on the 24th, 24th of this month. Yeah, just about two and a half weeks from now. Two and a half so. weeks from now. Yeah. And I was talking to uh, the, the attorney for the ACOU, which is representing the NAACP, talked to him yesterday, and um, it's not going to be sorted through in time for the November elections. And his, he said they've got briefs to file, there'll be replies to those briefs by the, by the various sides, then it's got to be scheduled for a hearing. I mean, it, this is, I don't think any of these cases, uh, with the exception of the one that just went to trial, is going to be decided anytime soon and 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 even if you know uh, even if that one case is decided it's not going to impact the 2022 elections in 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 any way shape or form no it is simply not it is um and i called um um, the attorney general's office i'm waiting for a statement from them the current attorney general when you say attorney general let's be specific arkansas (laughs) thank you thank (laughs) you for that clarification yeah the arkansas attorney general and then see what they have to say about it. But while I was waiting, I called former Attorney General Dustin McDaniel. And he said, look, it's really too late to do anything with this election because let's say, okay, we're going to change the boundary here. Well, if you change the boundary after the primary vote and you say, okay, these people shouldn't have voted in this district, what are you going to do? Throw out their votes? Then you've disenfranchised those people. So yeah, it's it's going to be looking forward from here as yeah. opposed to affecting anything anyone votes on May the twenty fourth. Yeah. So if any of these suits end up being successful at some point, mm-hmm. um, you know, it would it would necessitate redrawing some of those lines, perhaps. But but those li- those new lines, whenever they are redrawn, would be twenty twenty four at the earliest, and 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 perhaps even later. Yeah. That's basically yeah. So go to the polls and go ahead and vote who you want yeah, for. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, right. So. That's how that works. And of course, this current election uh, that that you know folks are going to the polls here in about two and a half weeks, or or mm-hmm. if they're early voting anytime, just about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those lines were just recently redrawn, obviously because of obviously. the uh, of the uh, the census completed in in 2020 and the and the and the results reported back in 2021. So um, so it. The possibility exists if any of these suits are 
three of those suits are successful that have to do with legislative districts, um, the possibility exists there might be different lines in a, in a future election before 2032, which would be the next time the lines are redrawn. Uh, it, it raises an interesting point, and I talked about this with, with Mr. Sullivan, the ACLU attorney, yesterday. The state board of apportionment draws legislative district lines. The state board of apportionment consists of the sitting governor, the uh, sitting attorney general, and the sitting secretary of state for the state of Arkansas. If these suits go through and they say, okay, you have to draw the lines, it's very possible, or it's going to, they're going to be drawn by the people who are running for those offices right now. Yeah. We're going to have a brand new board of apportionment. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And this is a point. Um, congressional district boundaries are drawn by the state legislature. Okay. And there are four congressional districts in Arkansas. There are four congressional districts in Arkansas. Legislative district lines are, born, are drawn by the, uh, uh, the Board of Apportionment, which, I, as I just described. Yeah. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, as for the congressional district lines, the two federal lawsuits in that involve and almost completely center around Pulaski County, the state's most populous county in central Arkansas. Um, the legislature, by law and by constitution, has to divide the four, the state between four congressional districts, and it has to do it to make them as close as, as possible equal in population. That won't last. Some parts are growing. Some parts are, shrink, are shrinking in population. Mm -hmm. But at the very least, at the very start, you got to do it equally. The plan approved by the legislature, Pulaski County was wholly within the second congressional district. The plan approved by the legislature cut off the east, an eastern strip of Pulaski County. That is very predominantly black and some Hispanic. Mm -hmm. Then it not only cut that strip off out of the uh, second district, it then split that strip in half and gave it to one, gave it to the first congressional district and gave the other half to the fourth congressional district. And what happened is basically the NAACP and those who agree with them cried foul. They said, you are obviously trying to take black voters out of the, Congress, out of the second congressional district and dilute them. Uh, in addition, another th thing, they added uh, very predominantly uh, white counties to the first and the fourth to more than counterbalance what they got. Uh, out of the uh, out of the second, and they you know, and, and that's the core of, of the complaint in those in, in mm -hmm. that in those cases in both those cases. And and attorneys for the state legis legislature who who set those lines, what's their what's how are they defending themselves? What are they saying? Why are they saying that their lines are are, are appropriate and within within the the parameters of the Voting Rights Act? 
Well, two things. First of all, they say, look, we had to split counties up. We don't like to split counties up, but we have to split counties up. And if you're going to split a county up, to them it made sense, or this is what they said, that it makes sense to split a large county up because it's not fair to split a small community or several small communities when you can split one large one. The other, uh, not so much an argument, but they, they basically, uh, legislators who worked on this plan and approved this plan took some offense at being told that, hey, you, you, you targeted black voters in this thing and denied that they even considered race in drawing these boundaries. Well, here's the thing, they denied that but then they, when they said, when they brought it up for a vote and were going to vote on it and people pointed it out to them, they did not change their mind. They charged right ahead. They said, we're going to do this, you know, tough. And here's another thing, very important. People forget that Governor Asa Hutchinson is a lawyer. People forget that he fought voting right battles back when he was the chairman of the um, state Republican Party many years ago. Governor Hutchinson re refused to sign this, but the bills that implemented this, re this redistricting. He let them become law without his signature, and he said at the time that he was um, not at all sure this thing would survive. I mean, when you've got your own governor, in effect, in a position where he could be called as a plaintiff's witness, that's not a good sign. So, yeah, he, and people say, well, he should have vetoed the thing. Well, folks, yeah, he, he, he could have, but, but remember, it only takes a simple majority in each chamber uh, to override a governor's veto in Arkansas. And, I mean, there were plenty of votes for, for the plan as, as implemented. And, and the practical policy, not to drone on about this too long, but the practical political situation is this. Democrats can't come anywhere close to electing a, um, a congressman anywhere except the congressional, the second congressional district. And even in that, even with a popular uh, senator, a popular state senator running against an incumbent congressman, even that, they, they didn't even manage to get within 10 percentage points in the last election. I mean, that's, that's but apparently that, that, that was too close for comfort uh, in that case. Anyway, sorry for the long explanation, but that's basically the, the situation right. in those cases. So, and you know, a lot of these suits get brought in, very, very few of them were successful. A few a few are, uh, but a lot of these these suits get brought, but and not very many are successful, as you said. But this one does seem to have, you know, when, when you've got a sitting Republican governor saying, "I'm not so sure about it," you know, mm -hmm. uh, this one may have a little mo have, have 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 some legs to it, where others other cases uh, perhaps don't. I'll, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, but they they say, well, we had to split Pulaski County up to make it equal. Well, the fact of the matter is. There were alternative maps proposed by legislatures, some of which split, at least one of which I know of, split no counties up mm -hmm. and still had the equal population and such, and such as that. I mean, it restored counties that had been split in the last mm -hmm. uh, redrawing of the districts. 
I don't know if we've mentioned this yet or not, so pardon me, but uh, districts will get where you're drawn every 10 years mm -hmm. after each U.S. Census. And the last time, they, they, they split, um, I mean, the little town of Alma was cut in half. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and such as that. So they actually restored split likes that in some of the proposed plans that got rejected in favor of this one. Mm -hmm. You know, it's yeah. kind of we should we should point out the the board of apportionment that split Alma was uh, there are three Democrats on that particular board of apportionment. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, well, so. not board of apportionment, but yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah, right, yeah. you're right, you're right. Yeah. And the legislature, yeah. the, the governor was a Democrat. Yeah. The, yeah. the attorney general was a Democrat. Yeah. The secretary of state didn't right. like the plan at all. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what anyway, happened with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so and yeah. In relation to Northwest Arkansas, the River Valley, where, where our readers are, um, you know, if any, if for example, this this uh, congressional district plan is is thrown out and maps are having to be redrawn, there could be some impact. Even though this is it's centered, the complaints are centered in in mm -hmm. Pulaski County, there could be some impact because once you start, it's it's like dominoes. Once you start drawing lines here, you got to draw them someplace else, some uh, redraw them someplace else. Northwest Arkansas was extremely successful in this redistricting plan. I mean, we got pretty much what we wanted. We got uh, Madison County put back in. We got, uh, we got, uh, didn't lose Carroll County. And, so, but and, and you're right. Your and, and most short of, answer question is yeah, yes. And most of the River Valley stayed in the, in the, in the third congressional district. Fort Smith wasn't happy because, you know, they lost some of some, yeah. But there was simply, what it all boils down to is what you said at the beginning. You start messing with one district's boundaries, you're going to have to mess with others. Mm -hmm. And the ripples would have to go a long way to affect, you know, us in the third district, but they could. Yeah. They could. And if, if, the, if, the, state, if the state loses this case, it goes back to the legislature and they tell them, try again. Mm -hmm. well, that's the likely outcome anyway. Right. So, yeah, it could affect us. And let's talk briefly about the 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 the, uh, the, the uh, uh, state supreme court and state court of appeals suit that that just wrapped up, and we're waiting awaiting a decision. Um, uh, that that seems um, the complaint seems like a bit of a stretch because state yeah. supreme court uh, justices in Arkansas have always been elected at large, uh, and in the state of, and I believe it's a constitutional requirement and uh, yeah uh, state constitutional requirement and and court of appeals um, uh, the system was in place for a long time and it seems um, seems like a bit of a stretch to try to 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 introduce the voting rights act into into something that's even more important than the than the state's history mm -hmm. of having done it a long time because you know state's done some pretty bad things yeah. over a long time. But other states, not many of them, not all of them, but other states have elected judges. And in those other states, uh, they elect their Supreme Court justices statewide. Several of them do. None of that has ever been successfully challenged. At least that's what the state argued in this just-concluded trial. Yeah. That, it, you know, this, this happens all the time. Now, the NAACP and others have, have pointed out that no black Arkansan has won a statewide race, ever. Um, 
not even during the Reconstruction era. So we'll see what happens, but Rusty, you're right. I mean, basically, it's it not only does it have a long-established historical tradition in Arkansas, it's got a long-established tradition in other places. So we'll see what happens. The trial itself was mainly expert witness testimony, mm-hmm. sort of dueling, ex, dueling college professors thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, well... Uh, interesting stuff, uh, but you know we'll we'll point out once again none of this will have any impact on uh, on voters who are going to the polls in uh, uh, here later in a two and a half weeks in the Arkansas preferential primaries and nonpartisan judicial election and or uh, in the fall when we have our general election in November. So uh, this is all about what may happen in elections past that. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Doug, thanks for your uh, thanks for your insight today. We uh, we look forward to seeing your story in uh, this weekend's newspapers. Thank you, sir. Now, let me tell you about a few of the other great stories we have coming your way this weekend in the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Thomas Sassente will tell us what's happening at the Steel Horse Rally, Fort Smith's annual motorcycle rally. Find out if your Springdale Street is due for repairs this summer as part of the city's maintenance program. Lorenda Jinks will have that story. Charter schools in the region keep expanding. Find out which ones are breaking new ground in this weekend's story by Janelle Jessen. Stacy Ryburn will catch readers up on what's happening with the Fayetteville Housing Authority, which ran into some trouble with its accounting practices and staffing last year. Monica Brick will have a story about how the Fort Smith City Board of Directors might deal with the problem of dilapidated structures in the city. All this and much, much more is coming your way in this weekend's editions of the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Subscribers, you have access to all of that content at our website, nwaonline.com, and on our smartphone and uh, tablet replica apps. If you're not a subscriber, please give us a call. We'd love to have you join the the party. You can call us at 479-684-5509. Again, that's 479-684-5509. You can subscribe, and you won't mess out on any of this great content. If you like this podcast, we're with you every Friday. All you have to do is tap on your device now to subscribe to to it, and you'll never miss another Know the News podcast. We'll be back next Friday with a new edition. This is Rusty Turner saying so long.